episode 64, Aaron Kleiman. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Worlds they live by, for example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha. And go to the Facebook group, like our page. Get to the podcast. Okay, guys, today we have Aaron Kleinerman. Today, he's a high performance life coach, speaker, photographer, and navigator of the globe. He's known to me as the navigator. And also, for the last few years, he has been known as well as the gratitude guy, which we'll talk about as well. Um, I first met Aaron, we just uh, talked about this, we're trying to pin it down. But I first met Aaron when I was traveling with my wife on our year-long honeymoon backpacking and we met him in Asia, we pinned it down to and we think either Cambodia or Laos or maybe both. Um, so, and this is the first time I've spoke to him in sort of seven years then. So I'm, I'm very happy and excited to have him on the show. And Aaron, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am ready, Alan. I am uh, here to uh, awaken my alpha. <laughs> Brilliantly. I know you're a big traveler and it says here you travel for half the year and the other half, if you're in Marina del Rey in California, you, uh, you're basically living on your 40 foot sailboat. And I remember, I think you've been like that for a long time. Cause I, I remember when we when we met you initially, you were sort of you were a navigator and you were traveling around. And then when you weren't traveling around on the big boat, you'd go off and travel yourself. My background is as a uh, merchant mariner, so I went to a maritime academy and got the government background. And when I met you, I was uh, working about half the year. It was a lifestyle that provided me immense opportunities to travel, explore, see the beauty of humanity. Uh, and while at sea, is really. Uh, when I was 18, essentially, was the time in which I began to understand some of the inner questions of, of my childhood, of, of life, and really get a more deeper comprehension for you know, the, the beauty in which we are inside this human incarnation and the opportunity that we have to, to show up in life. Brilliant. And I mean, it stuck out a long time ago when I first met you. We talk about balance on this show a lot. The fact of you basically worked for half a year, six months, and then traveled for six months, to me, that just seems like it makes sense. That's a nice balance you got going on there. Yeah, it was. And, and especially through through my 20s, it was really perfect. I mean, I, I remember when I was younger, I had a older brother and sister, and I, I watched them kind of get into the corporate lifestyle. And I always knew that wasn't really what I wanted. And I, I had this opportunity. And I made that choice to go through a maritime academy and military school, which was very much beyond my comfort range. Yeah. Um, but as a result, I, you know, created the lifestyle to really appreciate and, and see such a different side of, of the world and different, you know, different places, different cities, different people, you know, individuals such as yourself essentially continuously um, is what allowed me to create the brand and kind of the, the teaching modality to what I'm doing now with a lot of clients all over the world. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that sprung to mind. I mean, just the amount of people you, you meet and it's nice when you're in sort of areas where there are travelers as well. So people have got time to stop and sit down and actually they don't have to rush off for a job, you know, and they're not thinking about the everyday sort of life. A lot of them stresses back home. But that's one thing I found when I was traveling you can really have some good in-depth conversations where neither person is like thinking about 
where they've got to go or they've got to shoot off. They could be watching TV or doing something or they've, they've got work in the morning, you know. And so I had some of my best in-depth conversations while I was traveling. And then the fact that you were doing that for year on year on year repeatedly, I can only imagine the amount of people and characters you must have met. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you really touch upon there that is, is really magical. I mean, you look at, you know, the, the day-to-day grind people often get themselves in. And when you travel, there's just this really um, way of being in the presence, whether you're having a conversation, whether you're making a decision on where you go. I mean, I, I know in, in many of the adventures I've been, I always have an idea of the places I'm going, but I really just try to live from the space from, from spirit, from the space kind of beyond the mind of where, you know, I, I think I might go or where I think, you know, I might want to go and really just waking up and feeling that space of, you could call it intuition, you could call it soul, you could call it a, a variety of things, but really attuning to that space. And then when the, all of these beautiful, loving beings that you meet across the way, you're really able to meet them at the space of, of love, of balance, of, of authenticity, and seeing you know their lifestyle, your lifestyle. And, and for me, after the years and years of doing that, it's just given me this really broad, vast appreciation of humanity, all the shapes, the colors, the sizes, that allows for me as an individual to appreciate you know the humanness that I'm in which then even drives that deeper to really when decisions come in whether you're deciding on what bus you're going to take to the next city or whether you're deciding on which business meeting to go into you make that decision from the space of heart because your mind is balanced in the perceptions of the world around you brilliant and when you mentioned about uh, the bus there was there actually a bus driving past you we could hear it could hear something <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, here on a, a little outdoor cafe in uh, Oakland, uh, California. I just came up, flew in last night from Los Angeles. I'm meeting with with a client here this morning, and uh, yeah, I'm, and then this evening I'm flying out to uh, the East Coast to do some work out there. So, yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm kind of caught continually on the road. The last month or so, I've been more in uh, LA world, just kind of being with my beloved. Uh, my, beautiful uh beautiful female partner enjoying la that, you're talking about a woman or your sailboat then i wasn't sure for- <laughs> <laughs> well well the, the beloved is certainly the boat she's uh she's been introduced to that more it's uh it's been a really beautiful partnership we've been creating and and uh she's a, an incredibly powerful woman and uh together we'll be doing some workshops and uh, yoga and meditation and just continuing helping people awaken their life awaken to the magnificence that, that that people are and getting out of their own way get you know that's been a lot of my own lessons is is getting out of my own way and, and really attuning to that space in, inside my heart brilliant i mean we kind of touched on your origin story quite a lot there but where are you originally from are you have you always been california based and sort of grown up no, I'm actually originally from the Boston area. So there's sort of a East Coast, uh, straightforward uh, part of me that has been mixed between a Hawaii and California integration. And uh, that that's very much, um, you know, my own roots. I grew up about half hour outside of Boston and found my way to California initially for love many years ago. And then when I made the decision, this was probably a year or so after I had maybe six months or a year after I met you, I had a really powerful intuitive moment in Boston. I woke up in my uh, sister's uh, place in Boston. I was about to t- catch a plane to 
Kenya to go catch a, another sailing job. And instead I ended up uh, listening inside and going out to Los Angeles and going and getting my master's in spiritual psychology, which was an extremely life-changing moment uh, for me. I like the way you just made that decision and went with your gut. That's absolutely awesome. Have you completely turned your back now on the, the navigation as well? Because that's what I mean. I'd imagine you haven't got time to fit all of that in now. And when did you when did you stop being a navigator? Well, I would say I'll, I'll never stop being a navigator. I always am the navigator. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good name. It's, um, it's very much a lot of the... Uh, phrases and terminology I'll use with clients just because it's such a, a, a really a broad when you become a, a student of your own vessel and you really learn to chart your own course and there's very much that and I still on my sailboat in Los Angeles I'll take groups out I'll do sunset um, sunset meditation groups I'll take groups out to Catalina um, and every once in a while um, you know I, I still maintain my license which is a US merchant mariners license uh, so for quite a few years I, I operated a cruise ship out in Hawaii and loving the lifestyle loving the opportunities just to embrace in the islands and then afterwards I would just you know, go immerse myself in different areas and so I still am a reserve Navy officer I do two weeks a year somewhere in the world the last three four years it's been in uh, Naples and Singapore and Japan so I'll go and put on a, a Navy uniform and kind of embrace into that world which is incredibly fascinating because of the, the world I live in but you know when you can literally step into different shoes and integrate into an entirely different way of being it's like the expansiveness of the mind that I appreciate in those few weeks of work is tremendous for, for the work I do with clients and the work I do with workshops and seminars. So I really actually enjoy that because it just, it keeps me in a space that continually, you know, shows me all the different bubbles of, of people's lives and minds that they can embrace upon. That's really nice that you can sort of, you manage to keep that. And like you say, just do it for like two or three, three weeks a year. So you get back in, you know, you get satisfied and then you're back out following your, your real passions of where your life's gone. I know it's a continual journey, but was there any clear sort of parts of your awakening where you turn from a navigator on, on one of these big cruise ships to the gratitude guy? And then more recent times, you've obviously gone into a full-on sort of life coach, speaker, photographer, um, and transformational expert. How did that happen? What are some key phases along the way? When I was working as a navigator and I, and I ended up, literally woke up on, on, a, on my sister's couch in Boston and I, I couldn't get myself to go and take this job. This was on a Tuesday morning. The, the Monday before I had already signed up for this and it was spirit. It was something inside of me saying that this, this wasn't for you. And I, I ended up in LA. It was a, um, a program that I had already researched, but and that, to me, was really listening to that, that space of intuition, listening to that space that we all have. It's all inside every one of us, but there's always these layers of dirt, layers of, of crap within all of that. And that kind of transcended into a, two really powerful years where I was working as a gratitude guy. I was studying with uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith, John Martini. The book series I was working for at the time was called Thank God I people sharing really powerful, inspirational stories of, you know, finding, thank God I was abused, thank God I was divorced. Really powerful um, individuals that I came across in, in those travels around the world. 
And then at the end of that, after I finished my master's degree, I, I started to have a coaching practice. And I was, you know, I was 25 at the time, loved all the work, loved the inspiration, loved the transformation that I was witnessing. But I, I knew there were still a lot more soul journeys within me. I knew there was still a lot more that I wanted just to have the freedom without, you know, having clients that I was calling calling upon me, etc. So I, I went back and I was doing some work in Hawaii. That's when I went back to working on the cruise ship. And through those journeys when I was off, I mean, I, I, I have a memory of, I was out in, uh, out of the Himalayas up, up in uh, Nepal and had a powerful, powerful experience. Pretty much woke up one morning at 2 a.m. I thought I had you know, really intense altitude sickness. I had puked seven times in the snow. I was essentially completely on my own. And it was in going down this mountain on a yak. And I fell. And the, 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 the yak kind of got distracted on, towards the side. Yaks have no attention span. No attention span. I fell off it. I, I barely had the energy to, to get up and hit the hoof of this yak's foot landed about six inches from my head. Six wow. inches that would have crushed me and pushed me down the mountain. That would have just been another sort of oblivion. And I got back up on that, on the, the yak, and I had this immense, immense state of gratitude just fill every pore of my being, every ounce of my being just for my family, for my friends, for my journey, everything. As I began to, you know, kind of go down, here I was in the absolutely impeccable Himalayan mountains, full moon, not a cloud in the sky, gorgeous, gorgeous scenery being carried down a mountain in, in this yak. And I, and I just knew inside of me that there was a gift. There was more that I wanted to share beyond just me, beyond just the journeys I was taking. And it's, that's really what continually led me back to appreciating my time as a navigator, but knowing that there was that much more wisdom within my soul that I was here to share, that I was here to really help and, and lift and liven others to, to do the same. That more than anything just really woke me up to that point of very close death and every moment when we we wake up you know when we can impact just one heart or a million hearts whatever that is to really wake up more fully into the magnificence that we are or what am i going to choose am i going to choose a life of inspiration a life of gratitude a life of love or am I going to choose a life of kind of being a victim of my own consciousness? I mean, I grew up in some really challenging situations. I mean, uh, the the story I had written for that series long ago was, you know, thank God I was raised in chaos because there was just between a, a divorce, between a lot of emotional trauma, many, many things that I dealt with at a very young age, but yet I always continued to choose. And I came to this realization just a, a few, few years ago that I always be, began to choose uh, that challenge. I began to choose that, that direction that was the life beyond comfort, that was something beyond my comfort range, because I didn't always know in my mind, but my heart kind of understood that when we say yes to challenge, we really get rid of those layers and we wake up more and more to the inner genius, to the inner magnificence that's inside of us. Um, you mentioned a few, few men when, or a few people when you were talking about your journey as well, more out to recent times. This is our Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? And again, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of people, but is there any, some, are there any key figures along the way? 
you know, the, the, the two that stand out the most that I, I continue to um, study with and continue to really uh, tune into is one, uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith, Los Angeles, and really just speaks very clearly and effectively. And the other one is, is Dr. John Martini, who I really resonated with when I began to understand his teachings through his um, it, from coming from a math and science background, there's something about understanding the equilibration of our mind, the equilibration of our thoughts into balancing that perception to literally awaken the heart, to awaken ourself, to understand that there's always going to be a kind and cruel, naughty and nice, uh, good and bad in our human incarnation. And when we transcend that and we begin to understand that at every moment that exists, that empowers us to make decisions from our true authentic self. I think as yourself, we're always, I like to call myself both a student of my emotions, of yeah. all of the, the fine synapses of my mind that I'm seeing that anything is other than a state of, of loving. Um, and, you know, all the other teachers and people that come into our lives. Our life is a continual uh, evolutionary state of, of growth and opportunities to, to go inside and to really master our, 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 our human self. Brilliant. What advice would you give to people who, you know, who just feel like they, they, they can do better, they need, you know, they haven't had that almost that awakening moment. They're almost there, but they're just, they're not satisfied with what they're doing. They're not happy with the path their life has taken. They're in a rut. Um, what advice would you give to them people? And, and also with some of the people you work with potentially, what are some common mistakes that you, you see happening to people? Well, I would say that one of the most important pieces that's helped me that I, I, I really uh, to offer as advice is, is begin to uh, develop some sort of meditation practice, some sort of process that um, awakens that, that state inside you. And that meditation practice doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged in the mountains in the Himalayas or, you know, in your room. Meditation is such a powerful tool that you can use anywhere even when you're out in the world and ultimately the reason meditation is so powerful is that it attunes you to your breath it attunes you to that life force you know prana chi energy inside of you then all of the other bullshit that people get wrapped up inside you know the drama the you know the highs and lows it begins to disintegrate because the true essence of our being is at that balanced, equilibrated breath within our, within our soul. It creates the space to, to awaken more to what's possible within you. Um, that, and, and as well, kind of creating and, and setting day-to-day -day goals. Because the, the, the core, and ultimately what I like to get to at the most, is, is allowing people to get to the wisdom of their soul. The wisdom that's residing inside of the entelechy that is our soul, that is our soul that's in this human form, that's in this human incarnation. And to do that, it requires a practice of meditation. It requires a practice of, of understanding how to balance and, and equilibrate our thoughts, our emotions, our, everything that's inside our mind, so that our heart opens. And I, I think the challenges, as you, this kind of the second part to that, the challenges that people come across is when they get so drawn into you know, the, the deep levels of, of support and they're not recognizing where the challenges are or they get drawn to the, you know, the, the deep level of being, you know, feeling 
they're up on a pedestal. They love all, all of the praise that they're receiving. And continually always bringing themselves back to the center point. Then you ask yourself the question, well, how can these hands serve? How can this body inside of this, that, that this soul is incarnating, wake up every morning and say, how can I serve with my gifts, with everything, all of the journeys, everything that I've been on? And this is, you know, to all the listeners out there, all, you are a unique, magnificent, divine being of God that has gifts that no one else in the word, world has. Your specific DNA has incredible gifts to offer. And whether you're just offering that to the, you know, smiling at your neighbor or, you know, being in that spate of love to the community around you, you get rid of that one judgment out there and you really transcend and continually uplift yourself. Then humanity as a whole moves forward. I mean, Aaron, you mentioned about meditation. That has come up quite a lot with different people. And I know you said it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be sitting cross-legged in the Himalayas. I'm sure that helps. But for someone who's just starting out and they're thinking, yeah, I'm not so sure, or someone who's interested in this, what would be some very basic, um, basically it's almost like them testing it out or experimenting or just having a bit of a taster for meditation? And What would be some very basic steps they should take? I had a meditation teacher from years ago that you know, shared with me, meditation essentially is appreciating what is. It's appreciating what is in the world around you. So a, a simple basic step would be waking up in the morning you know, and for two to five minutes, you know, I know people are in a rush, but you wake up enough extra two to five minutes and you just sit there maybe at the end of your bed, put your feet, put your feet on the ground, put your hands in your lap, close your eyes and just, you know, you could find a mantra, you could say, I am love, I am beauty, I am joy, I am, but feel that resonate inside you attune yourself your 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 breath um take a deep inhale you could you know, seven seconds in through one nostril seven seconds out through another nostril hold that for seven seconds and just do that in and out and and just allow yourself to be present in that moment to be present just in that exact moment in time you can do that throughout your day, you can do that in the morning, at the end of the night, and, and that just simple step, again, it can be for two to five minutes, it's not a huge thing, just brings your level of clarity of consciousness to the presence that you are right then. Yeah, you're gonna have ideas and visions and thoughts throughout your day, but the more you continually bring yourself to the moment that you are residing in, that gives you that much more strength in all of those other future moments throughout your day. What I liked as well about when you, you sort of said about the methods of meditation, when you said about the I am statement, I think I am statements are very powerful because again, if you're just obviously saying that, whether you say it aloud or in your head, if you decide you're going to be something and you start attaching yourself to that, there's, well, you, you can obviously be anything you want to be. So when you start telling yourself that story and changing the story, if you want to, you know, obviously if you want to change your life and move in a different direction, if you start telling yourself that story, that's very powerful. Well, absolutely. And, and those, for me, years ago, when I really began to understand that, you know, I, I am a primal creator of, of my reality. I am, you know, love. I am joy. I am bliss. I am, you know, at the same time, I, I can be, I can be, hate I can be bad that doesn't mean I'm, I'm saying that to myself it's having the recognition that 
at any given time, I can be anything in all, all personality characteristics, but the ones I want to focus upon, the ones that really are of a true nature is essentially I am love. Okay, Aaron, we're going to completely get this on its head now. So we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum. This, that was some quite deep stuff there. This, this is, this is going to be the yin yang round. We're just, I'm just going to chuck some 50, 50 randomness at you and we're going to see, see what your, where it takes us. Go with your gut on this one. Um, I'm going to try and put a, a little bit of international flavor into this one. Cause I'm going to assume you've pretty much been to a lot of countries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I'm going to start off though with tea or coffee. Tea. Beer or wine. Wine. Right. London or Paris. Paris. Laos or Vietnam. Oh, Vietnam. Australia or New Zealand. New Zealand. England or Scotland. Unfortunately, Scotland. I'm going to know this one, but you are from the East Coast and West, so we'll see. East Coast or West Coast? You know, East Coast. Okay, cool. Kenya, because you mentioned that as well. Kenya or Namibia? Kenya. South Africa or Zimbabwe? South Africa. Texas or Michigan? Oof, Michigan. <laughs> you know, okay. Um, Italy or Spain? Italy. Schwarzenegger or Stallone? <laughs> I'd say Schwarzenegger. Okay. Well, this next round then is the complete blank round. Where you just got to complete the blanks, finish my sentence, and we'll find out a little bit more about you. Okay. Okay. Your best friend would describe you as? Crazy, irrational, and a beautiful, loving being. Ah, it's a good mix. Okay. Last time you'd had quite a few beverages was? Month ago, at uh, my best friend's wedding. Ah, the best time <laughs> is the wedding season. So that uh, it is. <laughs> can't beat a wedding for that sort of thing, definitely, to indulge. <laughs> cool. Um, your favorite country or favorite place you visited of all time is? Uh, small country south of Russia, Georgia. Oh, I have not been there. The, the, the hospitality and love that the Georgians wear on their shoulders and the generosity of being was unlike anywhere I've ever been. You go, I... When I was traveling through there, there were many, I'd say out of the month I was there, uh, probably 20 out of the 30 days, I ended up in random people's homes singing and dancing and enjoying the beauty oh, of I life. Oh, I love that stuff. That is the amazing. mountains were incredible. The beaches were amazing. The food was delicious. The wine was awesome. Everything about Georgia. And it, it was just had such a unique uh, footprint of, of, of existence that was just incredible. From the moment I flew in there and some random guy in the airport offered to drive me into town to the people I met, to the travelers I met, it was just oh, amazing. I, it. I love adventures like that. That's brilliant. Now, I know you're a positive guy like myself, so I'm going to word this carefully. Um, country you probably won't be visiting again is? Uh, Egypt. Ah, 
I've I've never been considering I'm so close to it. And I know obviously it's got the pyramids and stuff, but I just in my head I have it as people go there to do scuba diving. It's really cheap to get to from England, and a lot of people pile in there obviously to see the pyramids. So I, my gut is it's very touristy. Uh, what what was the reasons you probably won't be going back? You know, the scuba diving was great. Actually, on Dahab is where I learned how to scuba dive many years ago. Yeah. Um, the, the reason I had a challenge with, with the, the Egyptians, and it wasn't certainly all, you know, all, yeah. no countries all, is that, I mean, I, I appreciate the, not to get in the subject of Muslim religion, but I found a lot of the Egyptians I came across, and maybe this is just the state of I was in at the time, yeah. is that they would pray five times a day, but in between their prayers, they had no problem lying, cheating, and stealing. Uh, and that was yeah. kind of the norm. And, and it was like, again, I understand that that was just the society they grew up in. But I think a part of that was like, well, if I pray, if I'm going to, if I'm going to lie and cheat and then I pray five minutes later or, or an hour later, then it just goes away. And there's just some, there's a very contradicting yeah. way of yeah, being cool. that I did not appreciate. And, and whereas the other side of that, and I won't go too much, but when I, I did some cycling on my bicycle through Morocco a few years back, and the Moroccans just had this really, there was a lot of, um, you know, Muslims there as well, but they had this really, you know, they opened their hearts a lot more than I experienced with Egyptians. Yeah. Maybe because there's so many tourists going through Egypt, that's, that's just, yeah. you know, the way they are. But, um, yeah, that, that was kind of the, the way I, I took in Egypt. Nah, this is good. This is well, if no one else is interested in this stuff, I'm very interested in this sort of stuff. Obviously. <laughs> I like this is very interesting. Your favorite movie of all time is? Um, I'm going to go back to my youth and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original, the not original, the, uh, the original. I just love the bit where I would, um, what's his face? Gene, Gene, I can't even remember his second name. The Willy Wonka, basically, where he walks out with his cane and just all, uh, all the walks out and then just like trips and does his little forward roll. I love all that. That was cool. Oh yeah. And, and the, the thing I loved about that movie at such a young age is that it, it really focused on the dreams of a little boy. Yeah. And you can dream the biggest dream possible and it's right there ready for you. And, and that, that from watching that at a young age and just like really feeling and connecting with, you know, Charlie, it was like, wow, like I can, I can dream whatever I want in this world, whatever idea, whatever creation I think is possible and I can do it. And, and Charlie and the chocolate factory did that for me. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, we're pretty much to the alpha round, but I mean, we've covered so much already, but this is really where I'm just going to ask, for any tools, tips, anything else we've missed, and resources. So we start off with a book recommendation from you, Aaron. Any of John D. Martini's stuff is is just really powerful. I've always resonated with it the most because it gives an intellectual comprehension into our human experience. Brilliant. Is there a particular resource or productivity resource, high tech or low tech, or something that you do daily that keeps you really sort of productive on the straight and narrow and helped you sort of? come to the point of traveling around helping helping people all around the world without the technology and some of you may already do this but i just started doing this maybe a year year or two ago we're always checking our phones we're checking messages and it's just not everyone but often that's just kind of the way it is so what yeah. i do is every couple hours i have a few of the i ams you know one of the i ams that rent that pops up onto my phone is i am a creative genius I am, you know, consistently achieving, you know, my goals. I, I, you know, I am powerful beyond belief. And anytime, like, if I'm in a, you know, a little bit of a funk in the day, just utilizing our 
technology to give us reminders into what we really are. And sometimes it will come up at the most perfect of times. It's like, oh, wow, like I am that. Yeah, I like and that. Even, if it just, even if it just brings a little smirk to your face when it pops up at the uh, the specific time, <laughs> that's, that's cool. It, it, exactly, and you know, and other times if I'm in a meeting, and then it'll be like a reminder. It's, oh yeah, I am that. Who do you think, or who do you recommend that I should interview next or very soon? Well, I, I certainly would uh, recommend my, my my lovely girlfriend right now, which she's a she's a really powerful. Uh, you know, vegan health coach and holistic uh, healer, and I know it would certainly offer some some powerful uh, information for. And, and I, I like the fact that even though it is Awakening Your Alpha, you you have women on your show. That was oh, the yeah. first one that came into my mind, so I certainly could recommend her to you. Um, cool. We've covered a lot, and it's been really nice to touch base and catch up. Um, sort of before the interview and during the interview and find out what you've been up to. Because as I say, this is the first time we spoke for like seven years, so it's, it's been awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, and and I, I know you mentioned a uh, you know a, a quote. The, the one that kind of came forward for me is a, a great one from Buddha, and it's just okay. essentially, we are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our with our thoughts, we make the world. And I focused on that a, a number of times, and and it's one of the things that I really try to get uh, allow my clients to get clear upon is that when you do realize the power of our mind and the power of our thoughts and the, the our ability to bring balance to those thoughts then the, our thoughts then begin to come from the space of our heart from the space of our of our true authentic self then we awaken uh the wisdom of our soul cool i love that quote and uh yeah, we do normally start the show with that, but we got so just straight into sort of catching up and stuff. So <laughs> it's a good way to end the show as well. Cheers, Aaron. Thanks a lot for your time. All right. Have a great day. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha to get all the details and keep in the loop. Follow us on Twitter. The Awakening Alpha Podcast. Live limitless.